joining me for Leaders Lift, episode 10. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I hope you've had a chance to dial it back over the last week. And if you don't understand that reference, go back and listen to episode 9, and you will. In a survey response that I received, I had someone suggest that I cover imposter syndrome. I'd already been thinking about that as part of what I'd like to discuss today, and that's the stories that we make up in our minds and or tell ourselves. Imposter syndrome definitely is a story we tell ourselves. So I'll have a section on that today, but I want today's episode to be just a bit broader. For story time, I'll share a story about the first professional conference I was asked to speak at. Then for today's Little Lift recommendation, I have another book that it's a great example of telling ourselves stories about others. Then I'll dive in and talk about the types of stories we tell ourselves, including imposter syndrome. And I'll end with a few ideas on how we can change the narrative. But more so than me giving you a bunch of how-tos today, my real goal is to get you thinking about the stories that you have or are telling yourself and how they impact your life. And that's the first step to changing the narrative. There are a couple of ways that you can help me continue to move this show forward. First would be to share the show with others or go in and do a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The more the audience grows, the more feedback I can get and continue to improve the content I'm providing. And if you'd like to provide feedback, go to www.mountaineagleconsulting.com survey. There will be a link in the show notes. And you'll see that there's just a very, very short survey there. Only one question is required. That will also give you an opportunity to get on my email list or to receive my favorite books list. And who knows, like today's topic, one of your suggestions could influence a future episode. So for story time today, I want to talk about a conference that I attended several years ago in San Francisco. Um, My boss had asked me if I'd like to go speak at this conference. She had been asked to do so and wasn't able to. And I thought, sure. Now, the topic that we were asked to present on wasn't really my area of expertise. And there were others in the organization that were probably better qualified to go speak to this. But this was part of my development. And she wanted me to go out there and do it. And of course, I said yes. Now. I didn't have a lot of confidence in this topic, and I had never spoken at a professional conference like this. But she helped me get very, very well prepared. I knew the material in the presentation. I was ready to go, and so she sent me out. Now, it didn't go as well as I expected it to. Um, The topic was on interactive voice response units, IVRs that we had at the bank, and how we had gotten ours up and running, and some of the techniques and stuff that we had used. And while I appreciated our our automated system, I really wasn't the architect. And again, it wasn't my area of expertise. These are stories that I told myself leading up to the conference, right? You're really not the expert. What if you get questions that you don't understand? All of those kinds of things. So I was pretty nervous and I had these stories running through my head. Well, even with my preparation, I went through and I did the presentation and it went okay. I didn't get a whole lot of interaction from folks. And the questions I did get, I'm not sure I answered them very well. And ultimately, I ended up getting bad ratings. Um, people said this wasn't what I expected. We expected to learn more of the practical how to do this. Those are the kinds of things, uh, the kind of feedback that I got from this. So how does this relate and why do I tell this story? Well, I think it would have gone much better if I hadn't have had those negative stories in my head. And today I'm going to talk about these kinds of stories and maybe some ways that we can go in and change the narrative. Now, at the time, I didn't understand that I had these narratives going on in my head, and I didn't understand at all how I could deal with them. So it kind of 
put a damper on what could have been a very, very amazing experience. So, so that's today's story. Hopefully, as we go through the episode today, you'll be able to learn from my experiences. And if you have this kind of an opportunity, you won't have this sort of negative experience that I had. Now, today's recommendation for The Little Lift is another Kirk Weasler book. This one is called The Cookie Thief. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but a little different, you can also watch a YouTube video that his son did of the whole story. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Or you can search for on YouTube for Weasler Cookie Thief, and you'll find it that way. So definitely would recommend this book. It's very, very short. Or watch the video. So let's start off by talking about the kinds of stories that we tell ourselves. Have you seen the movie The Pursuit of Happiness? And it's happiness with the Y, not with an I, with Will Smith. It's a great movie about perseverance, so I would recommend giving it a watch. But let's talk about one, in scene, one scene in particular that will help us kick off this discussion on the stories that we tell ourselves. Now, Will's character, Chris, is trying to land himself an internship at an investment firm. Now, this would be an opportunity to really change his life. Somehow, with no experience, he managed to get an interview for one of the very few spots. And the day before his interview, he's arrested for failure to pay parking tickets. Now, he gets released in time to run from the police station straight to the interview. Do not pass go and definitely do not collect $200. He shows up in a tank top and a light jacket as that's what he was wearing when he was arrested. So let's pause there for a minute. Could you imagine walking into a Wall Street level investment firm for a once in a lifetime interview dressed like that? What thoughts would be running through your head? What story would you be making up on the way to the interview? And what would you tell yourself when the lead executive won't even look at you when he shakes your hand? Because that's what happened. Now on the other side of things, what do you imagine was going through the heads of the executives? One of the executives had met Chris several times and was the one that suggested they interview him. I'm sure he was starting to regret that decision and was probably wondering what his peers thought of him. Do you think they were making up stories in their heads? Now, one of the execs even posed the question during the interview. He asked, what would you think if I hired someone that came to the interview without a shirt on? So you know there were stories going through his head, and he was wondering what stories others were telling themselves. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, this next statement is a spoiler, so just beware. After the interview was over, the exec that recommended Chris for the interview basically said that he couldn't believe Chris pulled it off. So you know there were a lot of negative stories going through his head and probably everyone else's during the interview. Now this story and the cookie thief really do point out that in almost any circumstance, we are making up and or telling ourselves stories. So let's see if we can explore this enough today to get us all thinking about the kinds of stories we're telling ourselves. So. What kinds of stories do we tell ourselves? We're constantly telling ourselves stories. Stories about ourselves, others, situations, and life in general. If you don't agree, what were you thinking about watching the Cookie Thief video or that scene from The Pursuit of Happiness? Who did you think was the thief? And what would you have thought about someone you were interviewing showing up and dressed like that and telling you they were arrested? These stories we tell ourselves can have some of the greatest impacts on our lives. They impact our state of mind, influence our decisions, and how we respond in various situations. Now, the problem with a lot of the stories we tell ourselves is that they take a little bit of fact, truth, or things we know for sure, and then we fill in the blanks, things we don't know, assume, etc. And quite often, there are a lot more blanks that we fill in versus the facts that we have at hand. 
Think of Chris Gardner in the story. If you stopped listening when he said he was arrested, where would your mind go? Would you wonder if he had escaped from prison or done something really bad? Or would you have thought it must have been a case of mistaken identity or something small? Either way, you take what you do know, that he was arrested, and showed up dressed inappropriately, and then start making assumptions and telling yourself stories. The one exec that knew more about Chris may have told a little different and maybe more positive story, but what about the other three that had just met him? They didn't have hardly any facts, and when we don't have facts, we tend to make them up in our heads. So when I think about the stories we tell ourselves, I have a few categories, and the first are the stories we tell ourselves about, well, ourselves. Then there are the stories about others and about situations, and let's go through each of these categories. So we are constantly telling stories in our mind about ourselves. We think about our personal worth, our abilities, the kind of person we are, the kind of person we think we should be, and the kind of person we want to be, etc. All different kinds of stories. Now, we also consistently compare ourselves to others, which is not a good idea. We evaluate ourselves against situations, problems, and opportunities that come up in our lives. The stories can change as our lives change or as we gather more facts. But sometimes, even when we have facts, we can override those facts. Let me give an example here. Back when I had corporate jobs, we had sick time. I'm not a big fan of sitting around and doing nothing, even if it means to get well. My personal sick philosophy developed into something like, if I'm not so sick that I'll just sleep all day, I might as well power through it. Now, this philosophy got more entrenched once I started working remotely because it was easier. At one point, I got a massive ear infection. I could feel it coming, but I thought I could tough it out. Well, on Sunday afternoon, I got to the point where I knew that I needed to get some help. I called the nurse line and got some advice that would get me through until I saw a doctor the next day. Well, sure enough, both ears were super infected. Antibiotics were prescribed, and I was told not to go to work for three days to let it heal and give the meds a chance to take effect. I went home, called my boss, and sent off the note excusing me from work. But in my head, I started having this narrative about how sick I really was. Tylenol was taking care of the pain, and I could probably just work from home for those days. After that, I started thinking about what my boss, we didn't have a ton of trust build up at this time, would think of me taking the time off, and I started to imagine the worst case scenarios that could happen. Since I wasn't feeling well, I didn't do a good job of mitigating one of my potential pitfalls, which is to overthink and try and prepare for every worst case scenario. Talk about worst case scenarios later in the episode as well. I still remember calling HR to make sure that my boss couldn't fire me for taking the three days off. Now, to give this a bit of an additional context, I had banked so many sick days that I was no longer allowed to accrue them. It was something like 60 days of bank sick time. So it's not like I had a habit of taking time off to be sick, let alone abusing it. Now, of course, HR reassured me that I was fine and that I needed to take care of myself first. So I did. But I really didn't need to tell myself this story and go through the extra angst that came along with it. Let's analyze the story I told myself. The facts were that I was sick. I needed to rest. I was on solid ground as far as taking the sick time. But in the story I told myself, I tried to override that facts that I was sick and needed to rest. And then I did completely override, or at least in my head, the fact that I was on solid ground for taking the sick time. Now, this is just a simple example of how the stories we come up with can have a negative impact on our well-being. Just to wrap up the story, it actually took almost 20 days of antibiotics to get to the point where the ear infections could finish healing. 
When I went in for a follow-up, my doc was fine with me going back to work, but did not want me working out or anything else that would take away from my body healing itself. But what if I hadn't rested those first few days? Would the recovery have been longer? Most likely. Could I have permanently damaged my ears? Yes. And all of that would have been because I made up a story in my head. Now, the stories we tell ourselves can also have a positive impact. Last week, we had a couple of bugs floating around our house. And that happens when you have little kids and when your wife works at a germ factory. Oh, I mean in elementary school. In fact, my 18-year-old got it pretty bad, and one of the grandkids asked if he had a bug buzzing around in his stomach. Ah, those things that the little kids say. I just thought that was hilarious. I woke up a few days, couple of days into this, and I just felt tired, and my brain was not moving as quickly as it normally does. I started to tell myself that I could just take it easy. Then I realized I had a meeting I needed to do, so I told myself I would get through that meeting and take a nap, and that would be it for the day. Well, then I told myself I needed to get a couple of other things done. Then when I saw it was a decent day outside, I decided that I could just take an easy walk and get some vitamin D and exercise. Now, by the time the day was done, I had put in a normal day's work. Brain was still running a bit slow, and I didn't get as much done as I would have liked, but I was able to power through it. I find the same thing happening when I'm on a big climb on my mountain bike. At the beginning of the ride, I'm all in, and I'm going to have an awesome ride. Then when your lungs and legs are on fire, you start telling yourself stories like, you don't have anything to prove, or you've done enough, just turn around. Or even worse, you can't do anymore. Now the facts are that your legs and lungs are burning, and it's possible that you can't, don't have anything left to give. But most times I found that I have to change the narrative, and that'll be part of our topic later today. And if I can do that, I can successfully move forward. Well, let's take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to dive into imposter syndrome, which is really just another kind of story we tell about ourselves and the situations that we're facing. So stay tuned for that. Now, if you're enjoying this episode, remember to subscribe. It's free. And share it with others in your circle. Reviews are also a great way to spread the word. And if you want more leadership and personal development resources, be sure to visit my website at www.mountainebooconsulting.com. And while you're there, take five minutes to give me feedback on the podcast through the survey. All right, so let's talk about imposter syndrome. And again, this came from a suggestion from a listener. So be sure to fill out the survey or just send me any feedback you have about topics that you'd like me to cover. So have you ever been in a position in your life where you seriously doubted your ability to do something? I think the answer for most everyone would be yes. Now, there are times when we are faced with doing something we probably don't have the ability to do. And in those cases, the story we tell ourselves about why we shouldn't do it is probably a good thing. They protect us from ourselves. Now, think about the person that doesn't do any cardio and only lifts weights, but is asked to run a marathon the next day. They probably should listen to a story that helps them realize this is not a good idea. Now, remember my story about climbing the 14K mountain? That's from a few episodes ago. I had told myself I was all ready to go and that I'd be fine because I was in great shape. Well, about two weeks before the trip, I was on the track doing some cardio and decided to do stairs on the bleachers. I was ready to quit in about two minutes. It was only then that I realized that the story I was telling myself for the last few months did not have all the facts. I had to quickly adjust my workouts. Now, those are just a couple of situations where we tell ourselves stories or tell ourselves what could be perceived as negative stories, but they turn out to be beneficial. You're not ready, so you need to get ready. Good story. 
Imposter syndrome is kind of the opposite of that. This is where I start telling myself a negative story about my ability to handle a situation or be successful in an opportunity. In the professional world, I've seen this come up when folks take on a new project, new opportunity, or a new position. And in non-professional life, maybe consider like a young couple that decided to start their family. What are some of the negative stories that could come up in these situations? For the family, it could be things like, we don't have enough money, or we're not ready, or how will we handle everything? You know, and in professional life, do I really know enough? Do I have enough experience? Am I a good fit? So these are some of the imposter syndrome style stories that come up when we face these kinds of situations. And imposter syndrome can show up almost any time that we take on something new or unknown. Or even worse, it shows up when we are taking on something that maybe we've done before, but just not on this scale, or it's been a while. Think about leadership. I've led a small team, now I gotta lead a, a very, very large team. Now over the course of my career, I've had opportunities to take on things that I was not qualified to do. At least not qualified in the traditional sense. And that started with my mentor sending me out of state to shut down a call center. I wasn't even a manager at the time. All I had done was take phone calls and work at a security desk. Now, early in my career, I didn't know about imposter syndrome, and I'm not sure how much I would have paid attention to it anyways. That's because I had this overriding story in my head that would have drowned out those thoughts. That story was all about ambition, talent, I thought I had plenty of it, and confidence that I could someday be a CEO. So I really didn't even question if I had the skills to get the job done. I figured what I didn't already have, I'd learn along the way. Now that could have been a, considered an arrogant story, but it was there. And that carried over into most aspects of my life. Now that I'm a bit older and I've changed my story about my own capabilities, I have and do fall victim to imposter syndrome more often than I'd like. Now, some of the reasons for the change are maturity, but also getting laid off a couple of times. There are a whole slew of stories you tell yourself when that happens. It impacted my confidence that I used to have in that original story I would tell myself. So let me take you through the thoughts that I've had lately about this podcast and my consulting business, and let's see if you can relate to these stories. A couple of examples here. A really good friend of mine was the one that suggested that I make this podcast. She's worked with me at multiple companies and has been through a lot of my leadership development program. And we've stayed in touch. Now, my initial reaction was aligned with my original story. I can do that. And it'll go viral and I'll completely change corporate leadership and get it where it needs to go. All right, I get it. Maybe that's a little extreme. But I really did believe that I could do it and be extremely successful. The facts were that podcasts are a great medium. They're not that hard to get up and running, and I have a ton of knowledge to share with the world. Plus, I had the time to work on it while I figured out what my next career steps were. Now, once I started working on the logistics, the imposter story started overriding some of those facts and then filling in other blanks. Thoughts like, well, if it was so easy to do a podcast, why doesn't everyone do it? And why don't I know great leaders that have left their corporate jobs to just podcast? Those kinds of logistical stories, they're not too hard to overcome. But here's the one that I struggle every week prepare, when I prepare an episode. In fact, this episode has been more difficult than most to write because of it. That's the story that all of my experience and knowledge really isn't that great. That what I've done in the past was a fluke, or it was due to just being in the right place at the right time. That the content I have to share won't make a different difference in anyone's life. There is no way I'll find enough people to listen to make the podcast worth it. You aren't good at marketing, so how are you going to generate sales or get folks to support the podcast? 
you don't have enough content, so you'll be done after two episodes. You're just faking it, and someone's going to find out that you really don't know what you're talking about. And everyone out there already knows more about these topics than you do. So what could you possibly offer them? Now, do any of those questions sound familiar to you? If so, know that you're not alone in facing these kinds of questions. These questions come up almost every time I sit down to prepare an episode. So how do we deal with imposter syndrome? Well, it's really the same way we should deal with all the stories we tell ourselves. And let's talk about that for a few minutes before we cover some other things. First, you need to recognize that you are telling a story. I know that most people would think of a story as a novel or several pages or whatever. But in reality, even a single thought can be a story in and of itself. Or a single thought can be the start of a story if we let it develop and grow. So learn to recognize those thoughts that are short stories, that are short stories or start stories in your head. They can be as simple as, you can do this, or you're not good enough. So it might take some work for you to really start identifying them. And second, we need to analyze the story. Separate the fact from fiction. Again, this can be as simple or complex as needed. And let's think about the thought that I don't have anything to offer leaders. Just that thought and analyze it. The facts are that I have decades of leadership experience and have developed other successful leaders. That means that I have had and should still be able to offer something to others. All right, so there's that part of it, analyzing the story. Next, I recommend categorizing the story. Nothing complicated, but think of this as how you're looking at yourself, others, or the situation. Am I looking through rose-colored glasses, meaning the story is making things out to be better than they are, through sunglasses, making things look darker than they really are, or am I looking through my own personal prescription lens? As you all know, I love to mountain bike. It's one area of my life where I'm able to be a bit more adventurous. I like to try out new trails, new styles of riding, new bikes, and even doing some of my own maintenance. So here's an example of an experience I had last year on a new set of trails. I'd already spent an hour or so riding and had a great time and got some good exercise. And I decided I wanted to have head over to the other side of the trail system and take a new trail down to my car. The trail was rated as a blue, per the app, by the way, green is easiest, blue is next, black diamond hard, double black, and then pro are the most extreme. So rating up there. So I headed on over. When I got to the trailhead, it was actually marked as black diamond. Now, I had not ridden any trails that were black or higher, nor do I deliberately seek them out. It's just not me. I'm not big into jumps and drops or other high-risk kinds of things, and that's normally what you're going to find on black, double black, and pro trails. I don't mind technical riding, but I like to feel safe and in control, and my skill had improved over time, but I still didn't want to take on those massive risks. Now, what stories do you think I started telling myself at this point? Well, the first story was the thought that it's too dangerous and I should turn back. So let's analyze that story. First, I recognize that thought as a type of story. Second, the facts were that there was a discrepancy in ratings, one blue and one black. I also had other options to come down the trail. Now third, I thought about what category of story this was. Were my glasses dark, rose, or just right? Well, they definitely weren't rosy because I didn't immediately think that I could just fly down the trail and be fine. Were they too dark? Maybe. Or were they just right? Probably. If I'd already done a bunch of black trails and had those doubts, they would definitely have been too dark. 
But since this was my first time on this trail and I didn't have a lot of experience with black diamonds, I was probably pretty spot on. Now, this analysis, it sounds like it was a complicated process to do, but when you get used to doing it, it becomes natural and happens very quickly. In this case, I made the decision in just a few seconds. Now, what do you do with all of this analysis? You need to use it to decide if you need to change the narrative of the story or not. We'll all run into situations where using the right type of glasses, rose, dark, or prescription, is the right view. But we will also have times where we need to swap out our glasses, and that's what I mean by changing the narrative. So if you decide your narrative needs to change, and this should be a deliberate decision, how do you do that? First, identify which direction you need to shift the narrative. Do you want to have it come into true focus, or do you want to move it more into the rose color spectrum? In some cases, you might need to move it into the darker spectrum. In my writing example, if there had been a sign or I could see on the, tra see on the trail app I use that everyone was saying how dangerous the trail was, I definitely wouldn't want to try and make that rosy. And maybe a simpler example, maybe it's the first time riding a mountain bike and those I'm riding with try and convince me that I want to go off a massive jump. I could easily tell myself that I don't want to look like a wimp and that if they can do it, so can I. That might be one of those times where I want to move from rose-colored to dark and do so quickly. Now, I think most times, though, we will be trying to move from a dark or rose-colored narrative into one that is in focus with our own personal prescription. Now, once you know what direction you want to move your narrative, then you need to recreate the story in your head. To do so, you may need to ask yourself additional questions and maybe even do some research to gather more facts so that your story is less fictional. Let's consider a professional story where you've just been asked to, to support a new piece of software that you're unfamiliar with. Someone has told you that it's very complicated. You then create the story in your head that starts with something like, I don't think I can do this. But then you identify that you're probably looking at this through sunglasses and want to move it into clearer focus. How do you do that? Well, first you might need to learn a little bit more about what it means to support the product and why they believe it's complicated. Then you can evaluate your skills against what it's gonna to take to successfully support it. Once you've done that, you can build a plan to allow yourself to be successful. You can set milestones for learning, identify resources to help you learn, and set other appropriate goals. These all become a type of fact that starts to bring your story into clearer focus. Now, ultimately, you could lay out this plan and bring it into focus and decide the path is not for you. But at least then it's an informed decision and not one based on a fictional story. Now, this is a good example of how rose or dark colored glasses could cause a problem. If you just automatically thought, I can handle this and I'm better than those that said it was complicated, you might jump in unprepared and not ask for help and fall flat on your face. Now, if you go too much into the dark side, finally I was able to get in that Star Wars reference, then you might be hesitant and end up not performing well or not even taking the opportunity when you could have been successful at it. Now, I would also suggest writing down this new narrative that you've created. Now, there's something about writing things down that makes them more concrete in our minds. I found that when I write it down and can refer back to it, I'm less likely to go back to the fictional story. And this also allows for refinement to the story as needed. Now, we can't always write things down, and sometimes we don't need to, if we can recognize an unwanted negative thought and just push it out. But for our most important stories, I found this is a good practice. Well, tying this all together around imposter syndrome. Both for my podcast and my digital transformation consulting business, I've had to use these techniques. 
I have to recognize, analyze, and quite often change the narrative of the story. I'm most often trying to move from the sunglasses, the dark side, to my own prescription. I have to write things down and refer back to them. I set goals and milestones to measure my progress. Now, for this, I would refer you back to an earlier episode where I talked about the need to have goals that you can measure yourself and are mostly in your control. For my podcast, I do look at listener growth and downloads, but I also have other personal goals for content quality that I look at to help me remember the new narrative that I do have value to add to the leadership world. Now, just a quick story from the other part of my business, which is consulting. I had a prospective client, now they're actually a client, reach out and ask if I'd be interested in helping them on a project. Immediately, a story started to form in my head, and the more it formed, the darker the glasses became. Do I really know enough? Have I been away from the subject matter for too long? What if I screw up? They're looking for me to be the expert, and what if I'm not? Those were all parts of the story. But I finally identified the largest negative line in the story that I had to change first. That line was that I didn't know the right solution right now, so there's no way I could add value. Do you see the problem with this? They weren't coming to me and asking me to tell them in a single call what they should do. They were looking for me to come in and guide the team through the process of finding the right answer. I had to change that narrative. So I analyzed, separated fact from fiction, and then built a plan that changed the narrative. And I have tons of notes and documents that have become the new story, and I refer to them every day. Now, even with all of that, I still have at least one moment a week where I start to allow a simplified version of the original story, can I really do this, to creep back in. That's when I have to go back and look at my notes and plans, and then most importantly, look at how far I've come from where I was when I first had that thought. So that's probably the last thing I would say about overcoming imposter syndrome. You don't overcome it completely, probably ever. And being able to look back at your progress is the best way to keep pushing it aside. Let's talk about stories we tell ourselves of other, about others. Now, the stories we tell ourselves about others are going to have a significant impact on our relationships, especially when we combine that with certain situations in life. As I go through these, remember the techniques mentioned earlier on how to deal with them. Recognize, analyze, categorize, and change the narrative if needed as this is going to apply to all these types of stories as well. So do you think you ever tell yourself stories about others? I hope your answer is yes. Whether we consider that evaluating, judging, or whatever, we are almost constantly telling ourselves stories about others. Now, these can be tricky when it comes to other people. We're almost always missing the facts. And unless you can read other people's minds and motives perfectly, we're going to have to learn how to manage these stories without all of those facts. Think of the brand new employee you hired who showed up 15 minutes late for work. What are you likely to tell yourself? Will you give them benefit of the doubt? How much trust has been built up? And the stories we tell ourselves about others are almost always influenced by trust, the kind of trust we talked about in episode six. The movie Invincible is based on a true story, and it's about a school teacher slash bartender that gets an opportunity to try out for and makes the Philadelphia Eagles professional football team. The movie is loaded with stories, everything from his wife leaving him with only a note that says you'll never amount to anything, to the equipment manager not wanting to fix his name on the locker because, as he said, will you really be around that long? Everyone thinks it's just a joke and a publicity stunt. He didn't even unpack his bags during training camp as he constantly waited to be cut. But the head coach told himself a different story. 
he put on somewhat rose-colored glasses and imagined what this young man could do for the team. Eventually, he did make the team, and he did make a difference. So go watch that movie. It's great. So let's go back. Professional examples. What about that new hire you don't agree with? Do you wonder what they did to get hired? Do you believe it's only because of their fancy degree or because of who they know? Or how about that coworker that missed the deadline? If you have trust build up, you might put on rose-colored glasses. But if not, dark is probably where you're going to go. You'll put those sunglasses on. Let's try one more example. Your son or daughter comes home from school after having been sent to the principal's office for disturbing others in class. Now, do you subscribe to the rose-colored glasses view where they could do no wrong, so it must have been someone else's fault? Or are the glasses so dark that you go extreme and ground them for life? What if they come home having failed a test? How do you react? I had this happen in junior high. I was an A student, and I participated in tons of extracurricular activities. One day, I had to miss a math test because of an activity a bunch of us did. We all had to go in and make up the test, and well, I failed the makeup test. Actually, we all did. I was livid, and so was my mom. I insisted that we had been given a test was, that was harder than the rest of the class, and that's why I had failed. I also had this story in my head that the math teacher didn't believe in missing school for any reason, and so it was done on purpose. Now, my mom worked with the school, and eventually we were able to take a different test, and we all passed. Now, this story started out as pure fiction. The teacher didn't like us, so gave us a test. We would all fail, and she did it deliberately. The eventual story ended up being that we were given an unreasonable test. That became a fact. Now, what I won't ever know is whether it was done deliberately because she didn't like us missing school or not. So, again, a mix of facts and fiction. So, the next time you find yourself in storyland about someone else, take a step back and try and bring the story into the focus. Now, lastly, I want to talk about the story we, stories we tell ourselves about different situations in our lives. Everything from imagining worst-case scenarios to replaying conversations we've had with others to wondering why something failed, they're all stories that we tell ourselves. I've talked about this before, but I tend to imagine worst-case scenarios, and it drives me crazy when others always imagine the best-case scenarios. Most of the time, reality ends up being somewhere in between. Now, this particular category of story can be very debilitating to a lot of individuals, and sometimes you need to get professional help for it. All of us have certain triggers that create stress and anxiety. For me, when one of those enters my mind, I almost immediately start creating a worst-case scenario story in my head. There's no doubt that these stories definitely come through glasses so dark that they probably can't even be considered sunglasses. When these stories begin to expand in my head, it's hard to think about anything else or even think rationally about the situation. I've learned that what I have to do is absolutely recognize the story and immediately work to change the narrative. Just one example, a few years ago we were at a campground close to our home. I got a call or a text from my kids that were at home telling me there was a problem with one of my, the many fire alarms we had in the house. They had all been replaced when we moved in and a couple of them had already had the same problem. Basically, I just needed to replace it. I was working fine. I knew that, but for some reason, I created a worst case scenario in my head about it not working and something happening and there being a huge tragedy with my family. It was not even remotely likely to happen. Because I didn't change the narrative, I ended up coming home from the campground and spending all morning trying to find a replacement for it. I drove for a couple of hours, hitting the different stores with no luck. Eventually, I decided I would have to order one from Amazon. When I got home, 
I found a replacement in my storage room. I had already anticipated this might happen and had a spare available, but because the story was so consuming, I didn't even think to look for it, and I ended up wasting most of a great day camping. Now, there are a few other triggers where I've had to learn to immediately change the narrative. Sometimes I just have to force myself to ignore the thought. Either way, I have to recognize that a story has been triggered in my mind and be deliberate in dealing with it. Otherwise, it becomes all-consuming. Now, worst-case scenarios also tie into our imposter syndrome for me. In my personal business, I had this go through my mind both as I started the podcast and my digital consulting business, as I've already discussed. I didn't do a great job in either scenario of immediately recognizing the story and dealing with it. Instead, I thought about being exposed as a fraud, being sued for not being able to do a job I claimed to do, etc. I even had a portion of this conversation with my client and explained that I had been out of the game for a bit, so may not be as familiar with the market as I needed to be. Now, he was great and helped me recognize that I did know how to help them and that we'd be working together to figure out the rest. That was what I needed to start changing the narrative and move forward. So sometimes you got to get outside help, whether that's from a friend, a family member, or maybe even professional help to deal with some of these worst, worst case scenarios. With all of this now, it kind of makes me wonder what are the risks or opportunities I might have taken advantage of throughout my career or life if I'd been able to better manage these worst case scenarios. I'm beyond a lot of that now, but hopefully you can learn from my experience. Now, I also tend to go back to key conversations, or at least those I believe were important, and replay them over and over and worry about everything I said or did wrong. Or I make up stories about what the other person must have thought or felt talk about fiction. Now, this is completely unproductive and means I don't move forward. That's not good. Learn from the past. Don't dwell on it. These scenarios are really important to bring into focus. You want to think about what you could do differently next time in the same situation, but you don't want to dwell on something that you can't change to the point where it brings you down. If you bring the story into focus, you can learn from it and move on. If it's rose-colored, you'll learn nothing, and if it's too dark, you still don't learn from it, but you also end up living in the past. Change the narrative on thoughts like, that hiring manager didn't reach out because they didn't like me, or I'll never find a new job, or if I don't go full throttle all the time, I'm a failure. See episode 9. Or if I try, I'll make things worse. And that last one comes through my head every time I think about trying to fix something around the house, even if I've done it before. I have to change the narrative on that, otherwise I'd never get anything fixed. Another area where we need to be aware of stories is when we use them to justify our actions, past, present, or future. That can be very dangerous. If the story is not in focus, we can do some real damage to ourselves and others. Now, the last one to think about is when something goes well in your life. What's the story you tell? Is it all about how awesome you are? Is it about luck? Is it about a combination? Is it about your family helping you out? Is it about the team that you're a part of? And then the same thing for when something fails. Do you think of yourself as a failure? Do you blame it on someone else? Now, odds are that in both the success and failure scenarios, don't, you shouldn't go to any of the extremes. It's something that you need to bring in focus because reality is probably somewhere in the middle. So that will do it for today. Since we all have stories in our lives, you're probably telling yourself one about this episode. I hope you at least found something you can apply in your life. And for those of you that suffer from imposter syndrome as I do due to the stories in our heads, I hope you'll work on learning how to change the narrative. 
stories we tell ourselves have such a tremendous impact on our happiness and what we get out of life. Work on it, and I'm confident you'll see a difference. If you want to be notified of future episodes, hit the subscribe or follow button or follow LDRS LFT on Instagram. You can also visit our website for more great content and resources to help you on your leadership journey. And check out the show notes for all the relevant links and takeaways from this episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Now go out there and keep lifting.